Six minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to work we go. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Gaza, hin und nach her, top und nach, hin und zurück. Ja, warte, ist wichtig, die paar Groschen. Aber jeder lacht, wird hier sein, glücklich. Kraft allein, doch am Mitzweh. Und nicht kein Mitzweh, zusammen mit dem Geld. Zusammen mit dem Geld. Schematisch, du sie vor. Häufig keine Dürbe, zusammen mit dem Geld. Ich war schon nahezu die ganze Welt. Und nicht kein Seder Pesach, zusammen mit dem Geld.
It's great to be here. Such a great cause. This summer we played at Camp Hask. Anybody been there? Have you seen that room at a musical performance? Have you seen that room dance? We realized something more than dancing was happening. We reached the level of hula. So tonight we're going to share with you that summer experience with the hula. Make some noise for Camp Pass. Come on.
him in the AM reminds me of the uh, great trip we had up to Camp Hask last Wednesday, which was Thursday morning show. Hope everybody enjoyed. Always a pleasure to be up there, and always uh, lots of fun to play the music and to speak to all the personalities and uh, meet the folks who make Hask get another, uh, or have given Hask get another successful season so far. Thank God. And. Um, and we had a spectacular day there last week. Uh, before that, before the uh, selection from Eighth Day, a time for music number 27, you heard Eli Schwebel with Yaga. Simcha, done by Simcha Liner. Avremo had Oyev Nishtkain Emuna. I hope I have that right. Let's see. Oyev Nishtkain Emuna, yeah. I know the Yiddish pronunciation is not exactly superb, but hey, <laughs> at least I can give you the name of the song. Echoes of a Holy Day, done by Benny Friedman, Mayor Sherman, our Monday morning theme song, Masecha Hashem, and from Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Final day before the three weeks. That's right. Tomorrow is Shavasar Batamuz, the big fast day. I say big because here in this area, I don't know about other parts of the world, it's a long day. In fact, in some parts of the world, it's even longer. Yeah, the fast ends pretty late in a lot of places. I think Australia may be one of those places where it doesn't end so late, you know. But in a whole bunch of other places it does. Let's see if I can do a quick calculation. The fast ends tomorrow night in Australia, according to my calculation, before 6 p.m. Wow. I'd go for that. And uh, just to give you a perspective... In London, yeah, in London will probably be after 10 o'clock, or just around 10 o'clock, right? Yeah. All right. I guess in our area it's somewhere around 9.15-ish or so. Anyway, pre-fast panic has set in, which seems to be the tradition uh, before the big fast day. 72 degrees on this Monday with 95% humidity. Winds are west at 4 miles per hour. Scattered thunderstorms with a high temperature of 86. And tonight, thunderstorms at a low of 73. The uh, rough weather, so to speak, will last through tomorrow. With a high tomorrow, 86 degrees. Right now, Yerushalayim and Tel Aviv at 86, Haifa at 84, a lot at 93. In uh, Guilford, New York, our friends at Camp Missora have 69 degrees, heading up to 83, maybe with some rain today. And um, here in uh, Jersey City, 72. And it's going to be uh, it's going to be uh, sticky and muggy today. That I can tell you. And uh, we'll have some of those thunderstorms, etc. So that will be coming up over the next day or two in this area. Um, yeah, I don't have uh, I don't have word on uh, who won the boys versus girls Zimria last night up at Camp Missouri. I do not have word. It's probably sitting in my inbox somewhere. So as soon as I find out, or if someone emails me and lets me know, I will certainly let everybody else know. Uh, that's what was going on last night, I am told, up in Guilford, New York. Well, our eyes and ears and hearts are pointed to the Holy Land, of course. And I've got to, uh, I've got to, um, commend uh, my colleague Matis Weingast. He had an unbelievable comprehensive news report from Israel during JM Sunday yesterday morning in English in English and it was it was just superb 
Uh, looking at the latest news right now, as rockets continue to be fired on southern Israel Monday morning, Defense Minister Moshe Yalon emphasized the great losses that Hamas had suffered in the seven days since Operation Protective Edge began. Yalon said at an IDF briefing, when Hamas comes out of their hiding places, they will discover the extent of the destruction and the damage that we have caused the organization that will make them regret that they entered this round of fighting against Israel. He continued, we continue to smash Hamas and its infrastructure. They have suffered great damage. We have destroyed weapons production capabilities, tunnels, terrorists' homes, and institutions, and we will continue this activity today. Yalon said that Hamas was trying to score a victory at any price and that the security forces must continue to be on high alert. Monday morning in the southern part of the Ashkelon Coast Regional Council, it was turned into a closed military zone due to security reasons. The Iron Dome rocket defense system intercepted a number of rockets fired at Ashkelon Monday morning. The code red rocket siren sounded in a number of areas in southern Israel. Early in the afternoon, six rockets were fired Monday around 12.30 p.m. on Ashdod. One of the rockets landed in the yard of a house, causing an injury to an eight-year-old boy's hand. Magain David Adom said he was lightly injured and was being treated at the scene. The rocket that landed in the yard also set a vehicle on fire. Four other rockets were intercepted by Iron Dome in the barrage on Ashdod. Another rocket landed in an open area of the city. The defense minister referred to his statements to the drone launched from Gaza into Israel that was shot down on Monday morning. The IAF shooting down Hamas's drone is an example of the IDF's readiness in the face of their attempts to harm us in any way they can. We will continue to hit hard at Hamas and the other Gaza terror organizations until we ensure the security of our citizens. So it continues. Operation Protective Edge continues. And... um yeah, it may not be named well, but it certainly seems to be effective. And let's continue to pray for the safety and security of our brothers and sisters in Israel. By the way, I was um, I was sent a note last night. Let me get this out there so people hopefully will start talking about it and hopefully will uh, will act on it tonight. There's a special prayer service um, at the first congregation on Sfard. That is the Sfardish Shul. And that's 14th Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. And the great chazanim of our times, including uh, Chazin Yanking Lemmer, Pinchas Cohen, Yaakov Rosenfeld, Shimmy Miller, Zevi Muller, Benny Rogoznitsky, and the choir with cantor Daniel, Daniel Gildar at the piano will all be part of a special prayer service happening tonight at the First Congregation on Shesfar, the Svartish Shul, 8.30 p.m., 14th Avenue at 45th Street in Brooklyn, New York. And the cantors have all volunteered to participate. Uh, other cantors are are expected to be there as well. There'll be words of Chizuk by Rabbi Yechiel Kaufman. Everybody is asked, especially as Shavasar Batamu's calendar-wise begins tonight, and the three weeks calendar-wise begins this evening. Everyone is, in, is encouraged to be there tonight, Monday, July 14th, at the Sephardish Shul, 8.30 p.m. Again, that's 14th Avenue. 45th Street in Brooklyn, New York. All right, so that's the request, and we're hoping that everybody comes through 
and is able to participate. And wherever you are, wherever you're able to participate in a uh, in any type of a prayer, to Hillam gathering at this time, believe me, it is much appreciated. Uh, there was another um, there was another uh, notice that I got. Let me see if I can find it. There's another notice that I got. And that was from the Bialystoker Shul uh, on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. What they're going to do is, on Tuesday, on Shavas Ratamas, they're going to daven mincha at um, 7.55 p.m. at the Bialystoker Synagogue. And then at about 8.20, right after mincha, there'll be Tehillim recited in light of the situation in Israel. And there'll be a memorial service for Naftali, Eyal, and Gilad. So that's happening right after Mincha, Tuesday night, following the 755 Mincha to Bialystoker Synagogue on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. So a lot of synagogues, a lot of institutions and groups, even during this, this uh, heavy part of the summer months, are getting involved, are participating, are making sure to uh, do what, uh, what we can as our attention continues to focus on the uh, Holy Land. And uh, we commend those who are uh, who are spending time and making sure to um, participate in all these different types of services. And by the way, I know it's early, but when the three weeks begin, we start to focus on it. I know it's early, but the Tisha B'Av prayer service, which of course will this year focus on Israel and Jews in danger, happens at Tisha B'Av. Tuesday at 2 p.m. at the United Nations, 1st Avenue and 43rd Street in front of the Isaiah Peace Wall, right opposite the U.N. Rabbi Avi Weiss, Glenn Richter, and so many others will be there. Anybody who would like to participate, all you got to do is show up. And we'll remind everybody between now and um, and Tisha B'Av. It's something that uh, we want to make sure to have as many people for as possible. Want to wish a Hatzlacha Rabbah to those who are embarking on Daf Yomi Meseches Megillah. Meseches Megillah actually started yesterday. So to those who have started Meseches Megillah, I say Kolakavod and Hatzlacha Rabbah. Good luck in this next pursuit as the Mesechdot continue to roll by, as people continue the commitment to study one page per day in the Talmud study of Daf Yomi. Monday morning, it's JM in the AM. Thank you for tuning in to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Special hello to those who are listening to multiple radio stations today as you travel from New York to the Catskills or the opposite direction. I thank you for doing that. Thank you to those listening at jmnam.org and a special thank you to those listening on our NSN app which seems to be uh, as popular as ever. Don't forget, you can comment on the app. You'll see it says, add a comment on the home screen of the app, and we see those comments right in front of us right here. We'd love to know what you have to say on this Monday morning right here at JM in the AM. I'm
Michal Przanski with a song that has really uh, encapsulated a lot of what's been going on. Pray from Prue's 4, which he calls Prue's Control. Udi Davidi with Loma Speak Lahodot. Mordechai Ben David Zimena Nili Mili. You heard Shimmy Engel with Gedola Torah. Monday, JM in the AM on this final day before our three weeks format. Final day before Shivasar Batamos. We'll check in with Phil Rosen, American Friends of Likud, coming up at the bottom of the hour. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmandtheam.org. Got lights on the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. 72 degrees with scattered thunderstorms today and a high temperature of 86. Big hello to our friends up at Camp Missoura in Guilford, New York. They're at 69 degrees, maybe some rain later on. We'll certainly have some rain later on, it looks like, and some rain tomorrow as well. Right now, 72. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a... Hmm, see if we can get our newscast going here.
Sounds like we have some interference from some other audio source. I apologize for that. We'll review some of the news coming up. We'll take a look at the uh, Jerusalem Post and uh, some other things happening in, um, in just a couple of minutes and see what's happening regarding our news of the day from the Holy Land. More coming up. Keep it right here at JM in the AM.
Monday morning on this 14th of July and the 16th of Tammuz, Uforatsta, done by Baruch Levine, off of the CD entitled Modim, here at JM in the AM. Uh, before you had the uh, Shira Hadasha selection entitled Vahisha Amda, off of their Am Yisrael CD. Tomorrow is Shivasar Batamas. Tomorrow starts the three weeks. As rockets continued to be fired on southern Israel Monday morning, Defense Minister Moshe Yalon, according to the Jerusalem Post, emphasized the great losses that Hamas had suffered in the seven days since Operation Protective Edge began. When Hamas comes out of their hiding places, they will discover the extent of the destruction and the damage that we have caused the organization that will make them regret that they entered this round of fighting against Israel, he said. He continued, we continue to smash... Hamas and its infrastructure, they have suffered great damage. We have destroyed weapons production capabilities, tunnels, terrorist homes, and institutions, and we will continue this activity today. Yalon said that Hamas was trying to score a victory at any price and that the security forces must continue to be on high alert. On Monday morning, the southern part of Ashkelon Coast Regional Council was turned into a closed military zone due to security reasons. The Iron Dome rocket defense system intercepted a number of rockets fired at Ashkelon Monday morning. The code red rocket siren sounded in a number of areas in southern Israel. Early in the afternoon, six rockets were fired Monday at around 12.30 p.m. on Ashdod. One of the rockets landed in the yard of a house, causing an injury to an eight-year-old boy's hand. Magin David Adom said he was lightly injured and was being treated at the scene. The rocket that landed in the yard also set a vehicle on fire. So that's some of the latest news from Israel. I apologize for the technical glitch at the top of the hour. We cannot do our news in Hebrew this morning. Uh, but the uh, the rockets continue to fly. Iron Dome, thank God, thank God, Bliyayin Hara continues to work. And our brothers and sisters continue to be in this difficult situation. Many people are responding with prayer services to Hillam gatherings, etc. I mentioned that... Uh, Tonight, 8.30 p.m. at the Spartish Shul in Brooklyn, New York. And we can't emphasize this enough. We hope everybody will go and participate tonight at the Spartish Shul, 45th Street and 14th Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. Chazanim, Yankee Lemmer, Pinchas Cohen, Yaakov Rosenfeld, Shimmy Miller, Zevi Muller, Benny Rogoznitsky. They'll all be part of it. There will be words of Chizuk from Rabbi Yechiel Kaufman. The special prayer service is tonight at the First Congregation on Chase Fard, 4502 14th Avenue in Brooklyn, beginning at 8.30. We urge everybody to attend, to continue um, with gatherings like this. And uh, we hope that uh, our brothers and sisters in Israel remain safe and uh, endure during this uh, difficult time. Speaking of difficult time, a very difficult time for our brothers and sisters in Paris yesterday. The um, clashes erupted in Paris Sunday as thousands of people protested against Israel and in support of residents in the Gaza Strip. Several thousand demonstrators walked calmly through the streets of Paris behind a large banner that read, total support for the struggle of the Palestinian people. But clashes erupted at the end of the march on Bastille Square with people throwing projectiles onto a cordon of police who responded with tear gas. The unrest was continuing early Sunday evening. Media reports said that hundreds 
of Jews were trapped inside a synagogue in the area and police units were sent to rescue them. A person in the synagogue told Israel's Channel 2 News that protesters hurled stones and bricks at the building like it was an intifada. Riot police dispersed the group with two members of the Jewish community and six officers slightly injured in the ensuing scuffle. The people were able to exit the synagogue about 9 p.m., according to a picture posted to Twitter by the French Jewish Defense League. A second synagogue was also attacked. Six protesters were arrested. The Prime Minister of France condemned the attempted synagogue stormings in the strongest possible terms. Such acts targeting places of worship are unacceptable, he said. I am profoundly shocked and revolted. This aggression toward the Jewish community has taken an absolutely unacceptable turn. Oh, that latest, the last quote was from the president of the Israelite Central Consistory of France. So that is uh, what was happening yesterday in Paris, and uh, thank God, limited injuries, etc., as, uh, as you heard during that news account. Later today at uh, 9 a.m., right after a J.M. in the a.m., the Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten. And uh, his show has been a ratings grabber over the last few weeks for obvious reasons as we continue to focus our eyes and ears and hearts on the Holy Land. On the next edition of the Israel Show, 9 a.m. this morning on jmandtheam.org, right after this great radio show, uh, Mayor will uh, will be live with the latest in the situation in Israel. He'll try to give a little sense of what life is like in Israel on the home front and on the Gaza front, interspersed with appropriate selections of Israeli music. If you have not yet checked out his Facebook page, I want you to go to facebook.com slash the Israel show. Again, that's facebook.com slash the Israel show, and you will see what the show is all about. 17 minutes after 7 o'clock, Phil Rosen will join us at the bottom of the hour. Plenty more if you keep it here at JM in the air.
Jam in the AM with the Yeshiva Boys Choir. Key Shame off their YBC Volume 6, which is entitled Moda'ani here at Jam in the AM. Yaakov Shweki before that. Thanks for tuning in Monday morning as we head back to work. Our hearts and minds uh, focused on the Holy Land and everything that our brothers and sisters are going through. Keep in mind that tomorrow is a fast day, golden opportunity for uh, prayer and Tehillim gatherings. Kudos going out to those who have arranged for tonight's gathering at the Svartish Shul in Brooklyn, New York. That is happening this evening at 8.30 with some of today's greatest chazanim. Uh, Yankee Lemmer, Pinchas Cohen, Yaakov Rosenfeld, Shimmy Miller, Zevi Muller. Benny Rogoznitsky, they're all going to be part of the uh, prayer service tonight, organized by Cantor Benny Rogoznitsky and Charlie Bernhout. 8.30 this evening at a first congregation on Shesfard, the Svardish Shul on 14th Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. There'll be words of Chizuk by Rabbi Yechiel Kaufman. Everybody is encouraged to attend. And as I said, uh, many synagogues are using the opportunity of tomorrow's fast day to arrange for special prayer gatherings as well. Special greetings this morning to those of you who are tuned in on multiple radio stations this morning as you travel back and forth from the Catskills to the New York area and maybe in reverse. We appreciate that. A big thank you to those who are on the NSN app tuned in. I'm looking at the comments on the back end. A lot of comments uh, that you could you could actually add a comment on the home screen of our app, the NSN app. And um, I mentioned earlier about how great JM Sunday was yesterday with the comprehensive news report. And sure enough, one of our listeners is commenting about that very fact. So Kolakavo Tamatis for an amazing show yesterday, really a comprehensive uh, report from Israel in English, uh, catching everybody up on what's happening. JM in the AM, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechon Ishmasar of Zevenerbil Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizok. Good morning. Shivasa Tammuz, the 17th of Tammuz, begins the three-week period of semi-mourning. We recall the greatness of the Beis HaMikdash and our longing for it once again to be rebuilt. We also have a period of tshuva, of introspection and reflection. It says in Psochim, V'chol dor v'dor In every generation, a person is obligated to see himself as though he was going out from Egypt. That means we're obligated to relive the events and not to allow them to disappear. The question arises, is this the same in terms of the Chorban Beis Amikdosh, the destruction of the Beis Amikdosh? We find in Yerushalmi, very interesting Chazal, called Dor She'enu Nivne B'yomov Malin Olav HaKosov Ki'iluhu HaChrivu. Any generation that was not successful in rebuilding the Beis HaMikdosh in its days, it is considered as though that generation had the Beis HaMikdosh destroyed. How can it be that any generation that didn't build the Beis HaMikdosh, it's like it was destroyed in that generation? We never had the Beis HaMikdosh, so how could we be guilty of its destruction? We find by Daniel that the Malach Gavriel said to him, Altira Daniel, don't be afraid Daniel, because from the first day that you set your heart to understand, to afflict yourself before Hashem, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. Daniel undertook three weeks of Avelis because King Cyrus reneged on a promise to allow the Jews to rebuild the Beis Mikdash. With this, we can answer our question. 
Daniel didn't have the Beis Hamikdash destroyed in his days. He merely requested permission to have it rebuilt, and then it was taken away. He saw this as if the Beis Hamikdash had been destroyed in his days. When we go through the three weeks, these 21 days, we should think that we're going back to the times of the Beis Hamikdash, in the days while it was destroyed. It's because of our Beis Hamikdash and the fact that we don't have permission to rebuild the Beis Hamikdash that it's considered as though it was destroyed in our very own days. The great Rosh Hashiva Rav Simcha Wasserman once asked the question, There was crying at night concerning the Beis Hamikdash. Why do we emphasize the fact that there was crying at night? Rav Simcha answers that the night is a transition phase between two days. Just like the night will eventually end, the dawn will rise and there will be a new day, so too the period of Golos, of exile, will soon end. And then we will have a bright new day, a day of redemption of the Geula Shalema. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. and the A.M. on this Monday morning with our hearts and minds uh, directed, of course, to the Holy Land. Uh, Phil Rosen is with us live via telephone. He is a chair emeritus of the um, American Friends of Likud. He just recently joined the board of Birthright and is a vice chairman of the Republican Jewish Coalition. For our purposes, as many people in our audience knows, uh, know rather, uh, very few people are as close with the Prime Minister of Israel as he is, which may be to our detriment. I don't know if he could tell us everything that he knows. Phil Rosen, welcome back to JM in the AM. Very much for having me, and, and uh, again, I'm honored to be on your show. I appreciate that. I hate to put you on the spot right off the bat, but you know the question that you've probably been asked more times this past weekend than anybody else. How much longer? How long do you see this uh, this continuing in Israel? I think the big question right now is whether uh, they give the order to send the ground troops in. The ground troops are waiting on the border of Gaza. They called up first 40,000, and now yesterday they called up an additional 20,000. So you have 60,000 in prior campaigns in Gaza. The call up was 75,000, so it's getting very close to uh, to that number. So the big question is, do they send them in? Um, the odds are they don't keep them on the border for uh, for a long period of time without sending them in or pulling them back. So yeah. the decision has to be made in the next few days as to whether to go in. And there is uh, there is precedent for a buildup like this without actually sending in a ground force, right? That's true. And uh, you know, this is, I think, the fifth time that uh, that uh, Gaza has been a has been a problem. Um, it's always been a problem, but it's been a problem since the the, uh, the faded withdrawal of the uh, Gaza communities. Yeah, no, qu- no question about that. Um, Phil Rosen with us live via telephone. Is there any way for you to describe uh, how the prime minister is handling this situation? I think it's probably uh, his finest hour. Um, I actually think that uh, he is showing the world very clearly, and this is, this is partly some advanced uh, PR and, and uh, use of social media, but he's showing the world the difference between what the Palestinians 
And I say Palestinians clearly because it's not just Hamas, but what they're doing uh, in shooting rockets out of Gaza directly into civilian areas, and their goal is to harm civilians, and what the Israelis are doing, which is to try to limit the number of civilian casualties. There's a magnificent uh, video that, uh, that is on uh, online now that shows um, the communication between a plane, uh, the pilot of, a, of one of the F-16s, and, uh, and air, air traffic control, where the pilot says, I see people around the site that I'm about to bomb, maybe even children, and the air traffic control says, skip it, move on, go to another site. And it just it amplifies, once again, the difference between the way we treat um, the enemy and the way the enemy treats us. No, no question about that. Uh, Phil Rosen with us live via telephone. We know, and look, you're, you're vice chair of the Republican Jewish Coalition, so one can only imagine what you think of the current White House. But as you see Iron Dome working, thank God, the way it is, that you have to have some warm feelings toward Washington. I have great feelings about the Iron Dome towards uh, towards the, the administration and Congress. I mean, Congress was the one that allocated the money, um, but the president signed off on it, and both of them deserve enormous credit for, uh, for Iron Dome. It's... Uh, you know, they, they call it a lifesaver. It's much more than a lifesaver. It changes the nature of the battle. Um, and uh, I was one of the um, people who went to Washington last year to show Hakar Satov to Congress and the administration, and we gave them all sorts of uh, awards, thanking them for the Iron Dome. And, you know, that was uh, precedent, prescient in terms of uh, uh, how grateful we are. Uh, Phil, uh, we emphasized this last week. We're, we're not here to give advice and certainly would not uh, offer any in a public forum in terms of uh, when people ask about travel to Israel, etc. Uh, but it goes without saying that people like yourself would say that if one is able to, solidarity missions at this time, constant travel in what we call the corridor between North America and Israel would be encouraged. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think uh, I get uh, dozens of phone calls from people asking me if it's um, you know, what, what's the matzav and can they go, should they go? Um, my answer to everybody is that, um, you know, Israel's our country, and if you don't show your allegiance and your loyalty and your uh, love during a time of uh, when, when they need it the most, um, then you're not living up to your values. My, uh, my son is on Sulam, uh, which is the uh, 15, 16-year-old kid program traveling around Israel. They were in the north until yesterday, and now they're in the south. Um, so that's, uh, that's number one. I have a brother who lives there with his wife and kids, and uh, I was there last week, and I'm going back next week. Hasn't affected your travel schedule, thank God. <laughs> Not at all. I think uh, the one thing is I'll probably go one time more often this <laughs> summer than I normally would. Uh, also, we, have, we haven't spoken to you in, uh, in, in a couple of months. Um, I, I just read the article that the New York Times did about the uh, uh, potential for there to be another Republican uh, member of the United States uh, House of Representatives who's Jewish. We know that Eric Cantor obviously is now in his final days, so to speak. Uh, do you think that, uh, that that role will be filled in the near future? Well, I think, you know, it, it's an interesting 
question uh, in a number of ways. I think Eric Cantor filled a couple of roles. He was the uh, the leading Jew in, in Congress, putting aside Republican-Democrat. He was also, um, you know, a great friend to the Jewish people and Israel, irrelevant of the fact that he was that he was Jewish. Um, I think that having Jewish members of Congress is nice, and I, I like the ones who are running, and I will support each of them. I think the main and most important uh, goal is to have good friends in Congress of, in both on both sides of the aisle. Um, I think on the Republican side, you know, John Boehner is a terrific friend of Israel and will continue to be. And uh, you have great friends like Menendez on the Democrat side who, who I continue to support um, despite the uh, party affiliation. Right, understood. One could even be vice chair of the Republican Jewish Coalition and realize when someone's a good friend, even if they're on the other side of the aisle. Exactly. You have to be very fair um, if you're involved in, in, you know, supporting Israel. So, By the way, Phil, you know what, one of the things I noticed, because I watched the Netanyahu press conference that happened right before Shabbos in Israel, and, um, he, you know, he has another, I don't want to say enemy, but he has another challenge um, throughout this whole episode, and that's the media. The press in Israel is, uh, even with all the, you know, the sympathetic uh, atmosphere after the kidnapping and murder of the three boys, etc., uh, some of the members of the media can really be... Uh, uh, destructive to the prime minister's uh, public statements. You would think they were working for the other side. That's the that's uh, always been my uh, my claim. But uh, you know, the one thing that's interesting about this Gaza operation, which is different from all the others, um, I personally think that Hamas made a giant mistake in sending bombs to cities like Tel Aviv and Haifa for the first time. Um, since you know, since these uh, long-range rockets existed, um, because what they've done in the Israeli public—forget about the media. Media, you know, again, they have their own agenda. But the Israeli public—you now have leftists and uh, strong leftists in Tel Aviv who are coming out of the bomb shelters and saying, "This can't continue. We've got to stop this. We've got to do it militarily." So. You know, I, I heard from someone who was at a bomb shelter at the Intercontinental Hotel coming from a left-wing conference and went down to the bomb shelter, and he said that the discussion in the bomb shelter was, we can't live like this. <laughs> you know, until now, the bombs have been hitting other cities, and so it's, you know, not in my backyard, but uh, now it's in their backyard and their, you know, and their front yard, and they're thinking very seriously about, uh, you know, how, how this has to end. Life is funny, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Phil, enjoy your trip, and thanks for joining us. And look, you speak, to, you. you speak to BB regularly. Let him know that even on this side of the world, he has a lot of people standing behind him. And he knows that, and he appreciates that greatly. He thinks that uh, the uh, American Jewish support for him and for Israel is something that uh, is, is, is loved and... and uh, very much needed. So, thank you, thank you, Nassim. Thanks, thanks for having me on the show. A pleasure, Kolakavodin. Thank you, Kolakavodin. Thank you, Phil Rosen. He is. He'll convey that message to BB. By the way, folks, he will. He'll directly tell him that there's uh, a growing number of people in this country, Jew and Gentile alike, who are uh, supporting him and have his back at this time. Monday morning, it's JM and the AM at 14 minutes. 
before 8 o'clock. Plenty more coming up. Keep it here at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org.
JM in the AM, Simcha Liner with uh, Sheba Chol here at JM in the AM. Monday morning as we head back to work, and thank everybody for tuning in during this amazing day in uh, July. Uh, scattered thunderstorms, a high temperature of 86. Thank everybody for tuning in. Well, this is an opportunity during the uh, month of July to uh, focus on Jewish education. As so many of our educators have an opportunity to take a deep breath, <laughs> maybe some of them a sigh of relief <laughs> after the school year, we get an opportunity to talk about some of the new things out there in the world of education. Yehuda Moshe is with us from Israel. He is from Merkava. Merkava touts itself as education designed to inspire, to entertain, to delight. Merkava, and you can find them online, by the way, at themerkava.com. It's Merkava with a C, is a non-for-profit organization bringing together the world's top talent in technology, entertainment, and education to empower Jewish educators around the globe to create digital educational experiences that are not only relatable but irresistible to students of all ages, abilities, and backgrounds. Leveraging Merkava's unique resources, including cutting-edge technologies and a deep pool of professional talent, both formal and informal educators are bringing Jewish education to life through interactive books, Lessons, media, apps, films, and games. Yehuda Moshe, welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. I just read the description, and I guess that would be the official outline of what Merkava is. But now I ask you as an educator and somebody who for us parents can really boil it down, what is Merkava? So Merkava, you can think of it as a media store, like an app store, with interactive books and interactive lessons. Um, we've already launched interactive books, and one could start to take a look at uh, some of our products on theamericava.com. And when I say interactive, I mean that students and teachers can interact with the text. They can change the fonts so they can read them. They can get punctuation on, say, Talmud, subtitle translations, and soon they'll also be able to add their notes, ask questions, and learn with friends. So it, it, um, it, it's, it sounds initially to me like we're trying to take, you know, these centuries-old texts, which, you know, uh, would not be, so to speak, um, you know, advanced to the year 2014, and really bring them up to date, so to speak, make them come alive the way all these other things that kids deal with today come alive right in front of them? Definitely so. Um, and to the extent that sometimes people ask me, what would you say is a success for you? And I answer back, a success for me would be when I get complaints from parents saying, I'm calling my son to come down for supper, but he's still playing on Merkava all night. <laughs> Halavai, as we say, huh? <laughs> so, you mentioned the Talmud. Does it go across the board to all Jewish classical texts? Yes. Um, and, and, and about um, 500 to 1,000 books, the main books being learned, are, are going to be rolled out over the up-and-coming months, um, all the way from Mikra, Mishnah, Talmud, to Halakha, um, Medrash, even Kabbalah and Hasidus. Um, all the main classics that uh, 80% of the Jewish people um, learn. 
And is this something that can be used in a classroom setting, or it's really reserved for, I don't know, the kids' homework, or when the uh, the youngster is, you know, has that free time that you just mentioned where they can't get away from the computer? Most definitely. Um, we already have Merkava being used in many schools. Um, it hasn't actually officially launched. It's really been piloted, yet we've had it used um, in 30 schools in Australia, uh, the U.K., um, even some schools in America, um, um, Frisch, I believe, have used our Talmud, for example. And it's, it's, it can be used on a smart board in front of the classroom. It can be used, like you said, for homework on their laptops or desktops, whatever they have at home. And the new style of school, what's known as a blended learning school, like Yeshivata Atid and Yeshiva High Tech in LA and others like this, are able to actually completely um, revolutionize their classroom experience because the kids there have iPads and Chromebooks, and Merkava is perfect for that. Pretty amazing. Yehuda Moshe is with us from Israel. Merkava is the is our focus. Um, so, I mean, let, let's use the Talmud as the example because maybe that's the most consistent text that, that a lot of people are familiar with and it's really involved. When a teacher puts a page of Merkava's outlook on Talmud uh, on the smart board, what can they do with it? I mean, they can they can click on what and get what type of, of results or what type of you know avenues of education from that specific page. Okay, so uh, let's, let's start from what exists and I'll roll on to what is coming. Um, at the moment, they are able to navigate to the page in Talmud that they want, and they get the page in its original page layout. Um, it, it's, it's magnificently beautiful. Um, one is able to then toggle the font. What that means is many students aren't able to understand Tavrashi. You know, it took them a long enough time to understand a new script, the Hebrew script, as we know it, and now to understand another script, Many students are grappling with this. Don't tell me. Don't tell. Don't tell me you could press a button and change it from from Rashi script to regular Hebrew. Oh yes, you can. Right now, you can go ahead and do that. You can <laughs> click a button and you can change the script just like that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, we've had kids, like twelve-year-old kids, emailing us saying, you know, just that feature has changed our experience, and which is something we didn't expect. Um. So, you know, but that's just the beginning. So you can change the font. But the next thing is, what about the punctuation? I mean, right. you know, many of the students aren't able to understand, like, where on earth does, how do you punctuate this text? There is no beginning, there is no end. So the whole text is punctuated. And it's punctuated in a very cool way. They get this bar, this blue bar. Um, and as you... Use your cursor, for example, your left arrow button. You can move from phrase to phrase to phrase. You can also click on any phrase that you want, and immediately the system understands this is the phrase breakdown of this page. So they don't have problems anymore with punctuation. Right. And then on that phrase, the next page is they get a subtitle translation. No less than a movie. And, and that means, I, I mean, translated into English, you mean? Well, at the moment in English, right. um, but uh, there are going to be other languages being added over the upcoming year. Who's working on this project? What type of scholars have you gathered to do all this work? 
Well, there are about 600 people involved to date. Merkava is an, it's what's known as a crowdsourced platform. We are involving people from diverse industries, from technology, from entertainment. In this case of Talmud, I just explained, so it's a lot of people from education, rabbis, um, editors, some of the top publishers in their spare time. They say, wow, this is going to change the world. So I want to contribute sometimes 15 minutes of my time a day. Some of these people, two to four hours of their time a day. Um, and when you have hundreds of people coming together and each one building their piece, the, the sky is the uh, Yehuda Moshe from Israel. Uh, it's now the middle of July. You know the, the educational schedule in this country. Teachers might, have to be careful, uh, teachers might have a drop more free time than they do the rest of the year. How do they explore what you have to offer? How do they discover what they can include from what Merkava uh, can offer into their classroom experience? Well, they can go to themerkava.com, and the interface is uh, intuitive enough. They can just click on books and focus on Talmud. Focus on, uh, you know, Borachot is what they learn in many places, or Brochot, um, Sachin, Sukkah, um, etc. And take a look at the features. And you mentioned teachers. What we are actually um, looking to do over the summer we're actually coming into New York on the week of the 28th of July for um, just under a week. And we're coming in for a few parlor meetings over there. And we're going to have a small exclusive educators conference, um, specifically directors of um, educational technology. And we're going to be involving as many educators as possible in our next product line, which is lessons. Uh, we're releasing a tool called the Lesson Builder in the up-and-coming months that will enable any teacher to take any of these books to embed media from film and animations and to be able to plug in assessment tools that we will be releasing so that they can literally create a lesson that can be used out of the box anywhere in the world. What communities are you going to for the parlor meetings? Well, we have one parlor meeting in Manhattan, which is it's basically Manhattan businessmen. Um, a lot of uh, Saudi people coming to that one, um, and Manhattan businessmen. Um, it's a power lunch on July 31st. And then there's going to be another event one or two nights before that in Englewood. Um, Lisa Farkovich, former executive director of Morgan Stanley, is coordinating that. Um, and uh, there is one other potential parlor meeting. If anyone wants to set up a parlor meeting, they could get in touch with us through our website and reach out to us. Our email address is over there on one of the pages. And we'd be happy to present our vision for the future of education to anyone who's interested. So any educator who wants to be uh, at, you know, at these face-to-face encounters during your visit uh, next week uh, should just go to the website. They'll be able to find out exactly how to do that. Right, it's the following week, and um, yeah, they should, be, they, they should reach out to us if they're interested, and we'll um, schedule the relevant dates. Merkava's summer campaign launches the interactive titles, introducing formal and informal Jewish educators across North America to the interactive Jewish books, 
as well as inviting people to help co-design the upcoming digital lessons product line in advance of next school year, 2014 and 2015. Anybody out there who would like to be part of the Lesson Builders Project, anybody out there who would like to take advantage of what Merkava has already done in terms of creating these interactive versions of Jewish classics uh, that make it, uh, frankly, you know, that bring it to 2014, that advance it to the point where kids might actually find it as exciting as all the other stuff that they're <laughs> that they're playing with and interacting with on the web. Uh, you can go to the website and get all the information, themerkava.com, T-H-E-M-E-R-C-A-V-A.com. If you are a teacher, we highly recommend you go to that website, check it out. They'll be in the United States, as you heard, before the end of July. You'll be able to go and actually uh, meet the team and uh, participate in one of these face-to-face encounters, themerkava.com, V-M-E-R-C-A-V-A.com. For all the information. Yehuda Moshe, anything else you want to tell us? No, just thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for such an amazing uh, radio session in general. I sometimes listen, and it's very uh, entertaining. Well, I greatly appreciate that, and good luck. I have a feeling that this is going to make a major impact in this area. Because if we can get kids to focus more on the uh, on the holy works... <laughs> And the Jewish books, simply by uh, giving them the same type of experience that they have from all these other venues that they hang out with uh, online and in interactive settings, I think that's a major accomplishment. So, Kolak and I hope you have major success. Thank you so much, and have a great day. The M-E-R-C-A-V-A dot com. They're in the U.S. later in July, and all educators are encouraged to uh, check out. Uh, there's a YouTube video that this speaks about their Lesson Builder project, and uh, there's plenty of information online at the website that we mentioned. Thank you to Yehuda Moshe. Monday morning, it's JM in the AM as we continue. Shira ba 
Benaini, that's the Chevra. Our good friend Yossi Baumol continues to uh, play a very important leadership role in the city of Steyrot. Yes, that city. The city of Steyrot that continues to be under fire and seems to always be on the front lines because geographically it is on the front lines whenever the enemy starts up with the uh, state of Israel. Yossi Baumol, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. It's uh, good to be uh, with you, but maybe not in these circumstances, but it's always good to be with you. Uh, I hope, I hope that you and others in Steyrot feel the uh, love and concern that people like us and that this audience has for you during this time. Uh, I am sure it is a very challenging situation, but it must feel a drop better when you know that Jews around the world are on your side. Uh, there's no question. I've been getting a lot of emails and phone calls from people asking how we're doing and uh, asking how they could help. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's I hate to say this, but it's a little deja vu. You know, we've been through this kind of stuff a few times already. Uh, what's different is sort of that it has spread to the entire country. And uh, it's funny that it has uh, showing its signs in different ways. For example, last week I spent a couple of days uh, here in Steyrot, and then when I was on the way home at 10 o'clock at night, after dodging missiles and the booms and everything, on the way home I got a big rock in my car uh, just 10 minutes from my house uh, in the front uh, on the way home. So, uh, you know, it's spread out, but also the unity and the understanding for the situation here has spread out to all of the Jewish people in Israel and throughout the world, I think. Uh, and we really, really appreciate people's uh, expression of support that we've been getting over the last uh, two weeks. By the way, I can only imagine that uh, you know th- things are a little hectic, even behind the scenes. I-, I would bet people are changing their schedules on you constantly because obviously they want to come to stay road, but then debate whether they should, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it-, it has to be a challenging time. You mentioned support and ways that people could help. Let's let's start with that. What is the best way for people to help financially so that during this time when you're 
getting cancellations and you know people who would visit and normally uh, you know generously contribute but they're not able to be with you at this time. What would be a good way for people to support what's happening in Stay Road? Well, there are a number of ways. First of all, uh, we're looking forward to your uh, broadcast from Stay Road on Arab Shabbat Nachamu. Bezrat Hashem. We're going to be having a bus of tourists coming that day to join us, and as well, we're going to have the Shabbat solidarity. Anybody who wants to join us from the United States should give me a call, 718-673-4945. That's 718-673-4945. We're having a Shabbat solidarity in Stay Road in our bomb-proof uh, campus. Uh, on that uh, Shabbat Nachamuf, anybody in Israel should, oh, and maybe maybe people will get on the plane and come and join us for such a, such an event. It's really really an important thing. That's that's number one. Number two, um, you know, we've been working together with the Stay Road Media Center here in Stay Road, and we've had 2,700 cancellations over this summer alone oh, yeah. into the situation. 2,700 people were supposed to come here with us and are not coming and this just uh, shows a level of uh, of activity that's been going on here with uh, bringing people to stay out and uh, improving tourism here in the area and uh, and uh, we're really suffering because of that and anybody who wants to come anytime you should give me a call uh, that number reaches me wherever I am in the world and I'll be in Israel for the next couple of weeks for sure uh, and uh, they should come and, and, and make an appointment to come to the stay out. I had uh, a gentleman, a friend of mine from Chicago uh, who uh, called up and insisted on coming, and I didn't try to push him away. He came with us. And, you know, I asked to read on the Internet that July 4th weekend, 50 people were shot and seven people were murdered in Chicago alone over the July 4th weekend. So, And he's from Chicago, so I figured it's like it's a quiet time for him to come here. And uh, So we had to go in once or twice because of the alarms, but uh, it was a very moving day, and it was really very special. And anybody else who wants to come, we've been having nonstop visitors. We had a group of uh, federations from the United States came to visit today in the city uh, offices here this morning. Uh, and we're having groups uh, and politicians, and we had uh, the Minister of Senior Citizens uh, uh, came to sit with our senior citizens, Kolo, here in Sterot, uh, in Yeshiva. And uh, we have just nonstop visitors as far as the local people, but we were hoping that the people in the United States will come visit as well. That's number one. Number two. We have an interesting phenomenon that the more they shoot at us, the more students want to come to our yeshiva. <laughs> so <laughs> for the third year in a row, we're having a, we have over 100 new students registered to come in. We're at the, towards the end of finishing a bomb-proof dormitory, uh, our sixth building on campus, on this campus. We have another one on another campus uh, as well. Oh, sorry, there's just planes going overhead. And uh, and really, we need to finish this up by the end of the summer. And uh, anybody wants to donate big or small segments of the building, rooms, even small donations. Oh, jeez, that's us. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It was very quiet here this morning until last half hour. And all the noises we hear without the alarms means that we're... In, in other words, in other words, in other words, what you're telling us is you're hearing the Israel Air Force at this oh, moment. You can hear it over. You can hear it as we're talking. Oops, I got to go. Hold on, no, no, I don't have to go. Stay with me. Stay with me. I'm going to the bomb shelter. Hold on one second. Oh, my God. Yassi Balma okay. with us live via telephone. It sounds like a red alert in Stay Road as he yeah, speaks yeah, with us. We heard explosions. We heard the explosions before before the uh, before the Trevor uh, Dome, which sometimes happens, unfortunately. But so, we're so close to the Gaza Strip that uh, they don't uh, warn us in time. But I'm very happy this year because, you know, we're continuing to here on the campus, and they moved my office. You know, the staff is still in unprotected buildings. You students, the Beit Midrash, 
and the uh, and the uh, dormitories are all bombproof. But you know, we work in uh, unprotected buildings, so because they're building this new dormitory building, they move my caravan a little closer to the bomb shelter. So I was able to run within 15 seconds. You guys just heard it live, and then ran from my office uh, to uh, the bomb shelter. One of the things I learned, uh, Yassi Balmo, from the last few minutes is, um, you know, we keep hearing about the nonstop uh, red alerts, and, you know, uh, proof is in the pudding, I guess, based on what just happened. But you're also telling us that there's nonstop visits and nonstop desire among students and their families to keep coming to Stay Road to move in there and become part of the yeshiva. We, we've met a lot of fascinating and incredible families in Israel uh, fortunately and unfortunately because of circumstances over the last few weeks. And it seems that these young people are coming from some amazing families in the Holy Land. I think uh, a lot of people in throughout the world were exposed to the kind of younger generation we have now when we, our families were aren't more focused on the families of the three boys we lost uh, two weeks ago. And uh, th- those are the kind, that's the new generation here in Israel. Those are the kind of people who are coming here as well. People who know that if they're going to learn Torah, they want to do it on the front line. If they're going to teach in a school, they want to do it on the front line. If they're going to come and join the community and improve that community and help that community, this is the place to come do it, and that's what's been happening. We have a new building project that's not ours, but somebody built a few buildings here, and uh, over 30 of our graduates have bought apartments uh, in this new project that's going to be uh, occupied this uh, summer. You know, I want to remind you, I want to remind you selfishly, and I saw my friends um, uh, Simon and Dr. Joe last night. I want to remind you selfishly of that Arab Shabbat Nachamu. We're not just going to be there in Stay Road. We're actually going to have a celebration in Stay Road. You remember that, right? Uh, how could I forget? Uh, I gave you a ride home from the Beit Road dinner, and I told you I don't know what to do. There's a cook shul in Stay Road that doesn't even have a safer Torah, the Ethiopian shul. And uh, I promised them I would find one, and you found the people who came forward, people, uh, great people from West Orange, and uh, bought that Sefer Torah for them, and we're going to have a Hachmasek Sefer Torah. And my, uh, po- and my point is, because people keep asking me, you know, because they know that this trip's been on the calendar for a while, so people keep asking me, you're going, you're going, you're going, and I keep saying that if, God forbid, the situation continues, and obviously we want it to end now, but if, God forbid, it continues, it's going to strengthen our desire to go. And, and alerts or no alerts, Yossi, we're celebrating that day. I, I I know that uh, I know that, and I know the people you and people a lot of people like you that I've come to learn and to know over the years. Who you know I, people with different. How do I know people? And I say I know people who do mitzvahs in America. You know, and the people care about Israel who've been coming. I know that people will want to come, want to be here, want to stand with us. And if you take the proper precautions, then you really is not that much of a danger. Uh, and uh, I have to tell you that you know, with all due respect to the uh, Iron Dome. I have a little deeper insight into it because uh, I think it, it, that the Iron Dome just provides the cover for the miracles that God is doing to us. You know, Hashem doesn't like to do uh, open miracles all the time, you know, only but miracles that can be explained away, and the Iron Dome really provides the cover for explaining away those miracles because they're nonstop. Just half an hour ago, uh, there's a direct hit in Ashdod, and the kid was getting in, who's home alone, got into the protected room by himself, and he was just in the middle of closing the door when it went off, uh, and it hit his house, and, you know, these miracles happen here all the time, and it's unbelievable. You know that uh, people don't know, but there are missiles in other places also. During the Gulf War, there was a missile in Saudi Arabia, like three or four only, but there were many killed from those missiles. Yesterday, there was a missile that was shot to Egypt, and seven people were killed. 
So these missiles kill people, and yet here in Eretz Yisrael, Hashem is smiling on us and protecting us. And uh, and together with the efforts of the IDF and the uh, Iron Dome and uh, the Tzilot of all of Kali Yisrael throughout the world, really, I think Hashem's looking out for us. And Baruch Hashem, so far, we're strong, and I think again we're seeing. The nation is stronger than its own government. Oh, what a uh, what what a uh, wonderful analysis! And I think, thank God, the majority of our listeners agree with exactly what you're saying. Yassi Baumel from Stay Road. Anybody who finds themselves, please God, in Israel this week, today, next week, whatever the case may be, he wants to see you in Stay Road. Uh, you can arrange uh, all of this at seven one eight six seven three. Four nine four five. Again, that's seven one eight six seven three four nine four five on Erev Shabbat Nachamu, which is right after Tishabov. Tishabov ends Tuesday night. Erev Shabbat Nachamu. We're going to be in Stayrot, uh, not just to do a show, but to celebrate with everybody there. A celebration that we have been anticipating and waiting for for months, and we'll be there. Bezrat Hashem, Erev Shabbat Nachamu. And as you heard Jesse Baumel say. An entire Shabbaton of solidarity with Stay Road is going to be happening Shabbat, Shabbat Nachamu. An entire, you, you've spent Shabbat Nachamu in the Catskills, you've spent Shabbat Nachamu, I'm sure, in a lot of great places. How about spending Shabbat Nachamu in Stay Road? Call Yossi Baumel, he'll arrange the whole thing. It's a great uh, opportunity for solidarity. And again, with a lot of people uh, dropping uh, off the radar in terms of visits this summer, it would may, mean so much if you would go ahead and plan a trip to be in Stay Road for that Shabbat. 718-673-4945, 718-673-4945. I hope you hear from a lot of our listeners, Yossi. Okay, Nachum. Um, anything else? That's it. That's it. Uh, un- unless, you That's have, it. unless you have any other initiatives, projects, or Shabbatonim that you want to let us know about uh, that are happening in the next few weeks. Otherwise, we'll continue to focus on uh, people who are in Israel coming to see you, and after uh, Tisha B'Av is over, uh, people hopefully will be uh, joining you for the big Shabbos Nachamu weekend. That's it. Thank you very much. That's exactly what I wanted, and uh, let's hope for the best. We know that Mashiach tries to come all the time, especially every seven years. I've written articles about it in the past, and uh, just learned the Gemara about it. We'll talk about it another time. But you know, once again, as we're, p- we're approaching the Shemitah year, we feel the uh, throb, throbs of Mashiach trying to come, and uh, you all out there should be there with us. 100%. Tadarabayas, he stays strong, and uh, stay safe. Monday morning, it's JM in the AM.
Eitan Katz, of course, who's pretty amazing. Well, for anybody in our audience who's familiar with Nassau Expressway, 
Have you ever heard of Route 878 Nassau Expressway? It is, um, it is one of the most, you have to assume, it's one of the most traffic congested roads in our entire area, out there in the Five Towns area. And uh, both the Nassau County Legislator for the 7th District, Howard Coppell, and um, New York State Assemblyman for District, District Number 23, Phil Goldfeder, even though uh, one is a uh, Republican, Howard, and one is a Democrat, Phil, are working together to do what is uh, what could be done to uh, ease traffic in the area of Route 878. They claim it's a huge hazard if an evacuation is ever needed. I say it's a huge hazard on a daily basis for whoever has to go in and out of Nassau County. Howard Coppell. Uh, Nassau County Legislator, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good to be here again. Thank you, and uh, and also thanks for all you're doing to uh, to support all our uh, our brethren in Israel. Uh, I greatly appreciate that situation. Thank you very much, and Assemblyman Phil Goldfeder, a pleasure. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Always great to be here. Thanks for having me, Assemblyman. Am I right that aside from the the terrible situation that could arise? If an evacuation is needed on a daily basis, that just the general traffic situation is horrible. Oh, it's awful. And I, you know, I've I've been living in uh, in Rockland my entire life, and uh, I think that you know, whenever we have a small rainfall, there is fear that the streets are going to be backed up and a lot of our roads are going to be closed. And sadly, this is not something new. This is something that you know residents of of Rockaway and all of Rockaway and Nassau County have been dealing with for a very very long time. It's unfortunate it's taken a disaster like Sandy to really push these issues to the forefront. Sadly, we're not quite where we need to be yet. We need to keep pushing harder. Oh, no question about that. Uh, Howard Coppell, before we talk about solutions and what the two of you are leading in terms of an effort to make change, how significant is it that you are a Republican, Phil is a Democrat, and you're working so closely together on this? Well, it's significant, and it's and it's just a shame that uh, that more people aren't doing the same. I mean, uh, we're 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 working together for the good of uh, of the community, and it really is one community. And uh, both of us share one overriding philosophy, I believe, and that is that we like to get things done, like to get important things done. And uh, Republican Democrat uh, is secondary. Yeah, no question about it. Being together from different sides of the aisle and working on this certainly demonstrates to everybody that you want to get this done. All right, Howard, what's the answer? I know it's difficult in the form of a few minutes on the air to discuss the long-term answer for this situation, but where do we begin? What can you tell Nassau County residents and those who travel through your area every day uh, what they might expect if action starts to be taken? Well, okay. It isn't really as difficult as it seems. It's it's really it's really money, and that's the the entire question, and that's the reason that it has been put off. And uh, now the the New York State has owned the right of way to complete the Nassau Expressway for many many years, over 50 years, I believe. Uh, it owns the right of way. It's had engineering plans which might need to be updated. And what it would do, in in, in our view, is it would completely bypass Rockaway. Uh, at least in between uh, Burnside Avenue and Brookville Boulevard. In other words, the entire shopping area, it should never touch that area. It should go over it and past it. And uh, I believe that, that that definitely would alleviate the traffic. What we've got here is a terrible situation where uh, Hatsala sent out an email in support of, uh, of, of, of our online petition. Uh, Hatsala 
as, as, as all your listeners know, is a tremendously important ambulance service. Oh, yeah. And they can't get through. Fire departments can't get through. And an ordinary rush hour, uh, when it comes to Christmas time or, or uh, a shopping season, it's a disaster. Friday afternoon, you can't, you, many people can't make it home for Shabbos. You know, it's so, funny you say that. Those of us who travel during the week who think it's insane and who aren't there at Erev Shabbos don't even realize how bad it really gets. Phil Goldfeder, is it really, uh, not that I'm questioning what Howard's saying, but I'd love to get your affirmation, is it really just a money issue at this point? Yeah, it seems that, you know, our priorities are just in the wrong place. You know, we're, we talk about billions of dollars coming from the federal government to invest in our infrastructure, to invest in the fancy word everybody loves to use now is resiliency. Right. And yet, clearly, it seems that the state's priorities are in the wrong place. You know, this is a project that we keep kicking the can down the road. And the truth is, if we don't prepare now, if we don't prepare for the, for the, the amount of people and the amount of cars and the amount of growth that our communities are facing right now, then how are we going to be in five years or ten years from now? I mean, the, the problem continues to compound itself, and we've got to start, you know, thinking of real solutions. And it's not complicated. As the legislative propel said, it's really just about putting our priorities in the right place and making sure that we have funding. All right, I'm sure there are many listeners. We have a lot of listeners, you know, in the Farakaway area, Queens area, etc. I'm sure there are a lot of listeners who are just wondering what they can do, how they can participate in the effort that you, Howard, and Phil are... Uh, are leading. Uh, so we'll start with Howard Coppell, Nassau County Legislature. What would you say to the listeners out there who want to get involved? How can they help in this effort? Well, there's, there, there's a very practical and simple way. Both Phil and I have online petitions. You go online, and uh, Phil will give you his, but uh, the one on the Nassau County side is fix eight, the number is 878-NOW, F-I-X, 878-NOW. Fix, fix 878-NOW. Dot com, and you just you just put your name and address in there. Tell your friends and neighbors. Make sure that they do it as well. Do it twice. That's fine. We, we've got to get the word to Governor Cuomo, who says that he's not going to do this until at least 2025, which oh, in political speak means never. Well, that's yeah, that's for unacceptable. That's for sure. Just, just that is unacceptable, but you're right. Usually when they say things like that, it goes on forever. Uh, Assemblyman Goldfeder? What petition address, what web address should people use in your case? For New York City, for Rockley residents, it's fixourroadsnow.com. 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 And you bring up an important point. Who should be doing this? If you have an address where they should be signing this petition, Phil? Uh, you know, we're, we're sending a strong message to the governor, and we want to make sure that we, we do it in unison, you know, when, when people come together and we can uh, do things as a, as a group, it, it sends a much stronger, much louder message. So uh, I urge residents to go to, to mine or Legislator Coppell's website and, and join our, our fight. Oh, I, I, I totally agree. I just want to know, does it expand beyond Nassau County? In other words, Nassau, for sure we know. If you live in Nassau, for sure get onto these petitions. But other areas as well? Oh, absolutely. Farakaway, Basel. I mean, there's 130,000 permanent residents of Rockaway who oh. rely on the Nassau Expressway for daily business and for evacuation routes. So any residents of, of Rocka, Far Rockaway, of Bayswater, anybody who, who ever comes through just to, to go to the stores or come here for Shabbos and you 
you witnessed our traffic firsthand to, to get online and, and sign the petition. All right, and um, a, and the most important thing, which is how we started this conversation, is that beyond all the terrible traffic situations, the Hatsala thing obviously is a very, very uh, big thing to be concerned about. But even beyond that, if there would be a mass evacuation necessary, Hurricane Sandy type activity going on, and uh, I know both can, of you, both of can't be done. Right. Can't it, be done now. It would not it be able to be done. done. And by the way, folks, just so you know, the two people on our phone line right now, I don't know if two people who are more involved in the whole Sandy situation, uh, they could tell you firsthand just how dangerous things got in their area of New York. So take their word for it. 878 has to be fixed, and it's got to be fixed now. One more time on the addresses. Howard, what web address do you want to recommend? 6878now.com. And Phil, which one for you? FixOurRoadsNow.com. All right. One Democrat, one Republican. They're working in unison. Our community is obviously very, very important in this effort. Let us hope that the problems of Route 878, the Nassau Expressway, and uh, are solved. And the way to do it, of course, is to demand that the money be spent and that that infrastructure uh, be, um, uh, be fixed and maintained as quickly as possible. Howard Coppell, Nassau County Legislator, thank you so much for your time, and continue the good fight on this one. Thank you for your help on it. A pleasure. And Assemblyman Goldfeder, a pleasure to speak with you as well. Uh, continue the uh, continue the battle. We know this is very important for our community and for all the residents of that area. Thank you, and thank you for helping us get the word out. It's really important. A pleasure. Monday morning, it's JM in the AM. Well, sometimes we're informed by email, but I assume the email is going to be coming later today. So I really have no idea 
who won uh, Zimriya last night up at Camp Misora. I have no idea, as I said earlier, if it was the boys' side or the girls' side. I can tell you who I was rooting for. <laughs> That's right. Now that Yonina's in the uh, teen division, I have no uh, I have no problem rooting for the boys. <laughs> Uh, because that's where, uh, that's where the remaining uh, Seagull camper is. Anyway, so I have no idea. I assume later today they'll inform everybody, you know, with the big videos and the pictures and everything else about what happened last night at Zimriya. But I've been sitting here all morning hoping, of course, that the boys' campus won. And, um, I asked uh, Ari Katz and the uh, Joseph Stansky, uh, that they should join me this morning at JM and the M. But then they did something very interesting. They provided Josh Brody, who's the head counselor on Boys Campus, to do this conversation. So now I'm starting to suspect that maybe we have some really good news on the men's side of Camp Missora. Let's see what Josh has to say. Head counselor Josh Brody, welcome back to JM in the AM. It's such an honor to be back on JM in the AM. There's no station in the world that does great broadcasting Jewish music. We love JM in the AM. Cat Masora loves JM in the AM. I remember. Got a, I remember. A, I remember <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so excited. We got a big announcement. We just made history in Cat Masora last night, and I just want to uh, hopefully be the first to let you know the incredible news. It sounds like my uh, my detective work. May have been accurate. It sounds like the news that I've been hoping to hear might be coming over these airwaves. I just want to mention, by the way, before you make the big announcement, I remember your visit to us here at JMDM was one of the most fun mornings we ever had here. So <laughs> I can only imagine how much fun all the kids are having on campus this summer. All right, Josh, give us the here announcement. Go. go ahead, the sir. The announcement. The big announcement that everyone on boys' campus is listening to right now. We are broadcasting not only all over the world, but this station is being broadcast all over Kamisora right now. After a lot of hard work, picking out the songs, arranging the songs, getting every boy involved, not only in the singing, but in the organization of the song, the, the choreography and the dancing. It was unbelievable. Last night, the boys' campus won. <laughs> we won. We won. It was unbelievable. The guys were so happy. You know, I didn't even begin to tell you. And my, the night, Malcolm, I got to tell you. Yeah, go night, ahead. First of all, they dedicated the night. It was very emotional. They dedicated the night to the three unbelievable uh, heroes of Israel mm. who uh, lost their lives. It was so emotional. But I can tell you, the, the entire camp was there. Everyone was singing. Everyone. The girls' campus did a great job. I got to tell you also, the teams put on a fantastic program dedicated to these boys and dedicated to Israel. And uh, at the end of the night, the boys really, really made it happen, and it was such an exciting night. For are you t- are you telling me that Gavri Siegel is one of the only boys in history of camp, uh, Misora, to have a winning record at Zimria? <laughs> this is it. This is it. The winning record. And I'll tell you, this is not going to be a one-time event. Now that the girls can see that we are contenders, <laughs> they're going to know they're on for next year. Oh, listen, listen to the overconfident head counselor. In my day, <laughs> in my day, Josh, if we won one every ten years, we'd go home happy. Simple as that. I know, but I'm telling you, these boys are so on fire. They just want to do it again. They loved it. It was singing. And our, you know, if you just ask Ari, you ask Joseph, the success of the Zimriah is not simply what happened last night with the boys. It's the fact that Camp Masora is growing like never before. As I told you when I saw you just a few days ago, you came up here, we grew from 10 bunks to 12 bunks. Now we're at 17, almost 18 bunks. 
everyone from all over the country. It's not just New York, New Jersey. We've got almost 50 boys and girls coming from Florida right now. Boca Raton, they're all here. Yeah, I know. That's, boys that's... and girls from California, they're coming to count the solar. It's a great camp. Yeah, the, nothing like this in the, in the country. The Florida, the Florida tribute, the Florida contingent is a big tribute to you. Josh Brody with us live from the Camp Missouri campus where it's very early morning on a Monday and the kid, I, I hope you rewarded them with a late day this morning. I hope. I can only imagine Zimria last night. Of course the girls did well. They always do. And of course the teens did well. They always do. Surprise for today is that the boys took the championship last night. And now I regret. I was actually thinking of driving up yesterday. Now I really regret it. But I'll celebrate with you on Sunday. We'll have a big celebration together when we come up for visiting day on Sunday. And you mentioned the attendance, by the way. I was up there last week, and I mentioned it to my listeners last week. When I got back, the the statistic I was told is that there are 1,000 people in the dining room on Shabbos. Were you able to handle things uh, this past Shabbos up in camp? Yeah, there was there was more people in the dining room than ever before. There was really just a debate going on. There were emergency meetings. How are we going to fit everyone in? There's Man. so many people coming. The guests all want to come. How do we make it happen? And the answer is we just made it happen, but there's no question this camp... It's going to keep growing. It's going to keep building because there's no way to accommodate all the people that want to come. And now that you guys are winners, oh boy, Boys Campus will have a much bigger attraction. Oh, it's, it's exciting! <laughs> Everyone is going nuts here. Josh, give me. Uh, you know how I love. You. you know how I love Zimria details. Give me the songs. Do you remember which songs were on the boys' slate I mean, last yeah. night? There's no question that the winning song. I mean, we did the song with Farazda, which we really got things rocking with. For us, for the boys, they came out. It was an exciting song. It was a fun song. We did a couple of duets. We had some solos. I got to point out, Jonathan Katz, Ari's son, did a great job. But now nice. we're obviously going to be retiring him. He's moving on to the teens next year. Right. But the real winning song, and we did a great medley. We did a Havdalah medley, about six different Havdalah songs, all in, in one. It was just unbelievable. Nice. But the winning song, I mean, if you have this song, and I think also... We're going to be getting you a recording, a professional recording Woo! this entire evening. You can Woo! broadcast the whole thing. All right. I'm sure the listeners are going to want to hear it. Of course. But, but the winning song, you got, this is it. This, this is, I'm telling you, the crowd was listening, and when they hit the chorus of the song Modem, which we dedicated to the soldiers, thanking them for everything that they do in Israel, the Tzahal. Wow. When we hit that chorus, Sur, it was just unbelievable. Everyone was like, what just happened here? People, they didn't know what to, how to react. It just sounded so incredible. Very. There's nothing like a good Zimrian night, tell you that much. Well, there's nothing like an extra special night. I'm so glad it went well. All the kids who participated, all the campuses, Big Yashikach, I look forward to seeing everybody on Sunday. And, and I assume, am I right, that at some point today, anybody on the Camp Masora, a mailing list in terms of emails, will be getting the, the links and the videos and probably some of the audio as well? Absolutely. They've been bringing up weekly a professional video crew just to film all the things that take place. Last week we had the Olympics. Last week we had a great trip. Today we have MFL. I'm sure you know MFL. Yeah, everyone loves that. Yeah. You know, it's nonstop action every single day. There's the regular schedule. After the regular schedule, you've got an incredible program that's being run by George and her team. She's unbelievable what she's doing here at camp. I just, you know what? Again, there's, there's kids calling right now to come, not only for the second month, because they've heard what a great summer it's been. There are kids calling, can they come tomorrow? They want to come. They heard their friends. Having I'm telling you, you won Zimriya. They want to be affiliated <laughs> with a winner. It's as simple as that. Come on, you know everybody loves a winner. 
everyone loves a winner, and everyone loves Camp Missoula. All right. We that- say every... Every every single day we say in Camp Missoula, welcome to the time of your life, and it really is the time of your life. Yeah, well, they're having a banner year so far, thank God. All right, listen, uh, great news. I was starting to get suspicious about an hour ago that we'd be getting some great news for those who've been rooting for boys' camp. Nothing against Thanks. the nothing against the ladies, but your but, but your di- your your division heads did get up in the dining room over the last few days and tell everybody the boys are going to win, and they proved to be correct. Right? They proved to be yes. correct. We pulled it out. The boys pulled it out, and I look forward to seeing everybody on Sunday. And uh, listen, Josh, I keep telling you, you know, the, I, I, how many years are you now? This is the second or third that you're. Uh, this is number. This is number two. All right, so it's, you, you know, it's your second. Three, if you count twenty-five years ago. So, so trust uh, me, as you know from prior experience. These Zimria victories for boys are few and far between. So, so make sure to relish it and make sure you remind everybody in camp, or at least on your campus, that when they won last night, they won for every boys campus that's been there in the past. Because we don't look at it, if we don't look at it that way, then then nobody will ever feel like a winner. As simple as that. Exactly. Tonight we will never forget. That's for sure. Uh, send our best to Ari and Joseph and tell them that I will uh, see them Bezrata on Sunday, and we look forward to a great day. Uh, already, we're, or already we're looking at the weekend weather, and it looks really nice for Sunday, so hopefully it'll oh, hold up. Sense. That's amazing. Okay, great. Have a great day, Josh. Send regards Thank to all the you. seagulls. I'll see you Sunday. Have a safe trip. Thank you so much. There it is. A very excited boys head counselor in Camp Misora. I really had no idea. I asked Ari and Joseph about a, uh, about a Zimriya report this morning just to, you know, do a Zimriya report. Then I got suspicious when they said that Josh is going to be the one who's doing it. And then when Ari told me that Ufaratsta is the song I should prepare to play afterwards, that's what really gave it away to me. Hey, congratulations, boys, campus. Gavri Siegel is 1-0 in Zimria. And uh, who knows if I'll ever add to that total the way things normally go in these boy-girl sigs. JM in the AM. Here it is. Baruch Levine with Ufaratsta at JM in the AM.
regular format before we get to our three weeks format tomorrow which starts with the Shiva Tamuz tomorrow here at JM in the AM Shlomo Kalbach Yisrael Batach Vashem Achenu B'Yisrael Nachim our brothers and sisters in Israel we are with you it's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Don't forget tonight, 8.30, the exclusive, um, I shouldn't say exclusive, the incredible lineup of cantors that will be part of the special prayer service for Israel tonight at 8.30 at the Spartish Shul. 14th Avenue and 45th Street in Borough Park, Brooklyn. Please make sure to be there. A very important gathering tonight starting at 8.30 with all the prominent chazanim. Uh, don't forget that Mayor Weingarten and the Israel Show, and you can imagine how important a show it is this morning. Coming up next, Mayor Weingarten right now with the Israel Show on jmtheam.org. Go to the go to facebook.com slash the Israel Show for the latest information. Facebook.com slash the Israel Show. I want to thank Yassi Baumel, who was with us from Stay Road earlier, Phil Rosen, who was with us earlier. If you missed any of those conversations which focused on Israel, make sure to check out the archives at jmtheam.org. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.